<laughs> it's so nice to be home. <laughs> I'm, oops, I guess I'm already destroying the place, though. Well, the good news is, since I've seen you, I've got had cataract surgery, so now I can actually read that sign. <laughs> Doesn't mean that I can read close up, though, and of course, I left my purse with my glasses at home, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> we might just have one of those good old days about just figuring out, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Well, I must say it's just a joy to be here, and I'm, I'm so happy. And I thank uh, Jan for calling me and asking me if I would come. Um, I am, uh, Jim wishes he could be here, but we have a, oops, hello. That's okay. I just talk louder than most people. <laughs> um, Jim wishes he could be here, but uh, we, our little dog, Lulu, which you've seen, um, has a heart condition, and we had taken her up to, we went camping in Bernay Island when it was 90 to 100 degrees, and she spent her time being miserable. So we decided it was going to be very hot here, and we, would, we were going to go camping again in our little trailer, and uh, it would have been sitting out in the parking lot, <laughs> um, but uh, we decided it was better for her, and we're doing everything we can to keep her going so okay so my friends let us worship and let us start with the centering prayer and i can read this <laughs> god speaks from burning bushes and souls on fire may god grant us eyes to see ears to hear as we worship this day and now sarah's going to do the announcements just some things never change <laughs> good morning everybody um, there's a lot of announcements, so I'm going to highlight just a couple of them. Please make sure that you read your bulletin, and please make sure that you are reading your Friday updates. The important ones this week are tomorrow, nope, Tuesday, it's Sunday, Tuesday, September 5th at 2 p.m. in the sanctuary is the United Women in Faith program, and Nancy Fairchild will be presenting on weddings. So the meeting starts at 1.30, and the program starts about 2 p.m., so make sure that if you want to join that, that you come. It's going to be a really interesting um, presentation, I believe. On, all right, where is it here? On Thursday the 7th is Ruby's Pantry. If you know somebody that needs to participate in Ruby's Pantry, please remind them. If you want to volunteer, please come and volunteer for Ruby's Pantry. Um, they can always use extra hands. And then the last one I really want to make sure that we highlight is that next Sunday we will have worship here at our normal time. And then we will have worship under the tent. Not really a tent now, is it? But Which is sad. But worship under the tent up at Dairy Days at 10 a.m. It's on the main stage, which is right off the side of the Broski Center. And um, the Alive Band is going to perform and Pastor is going to be preaching. So make sure that you uh, touch base with all of those things. Make sure that you're reading your announcements. I don't want to keep you forever with a ton of announcements. And make sure that you're reading your Friday updates. Let's go ahead and stand as you are able to sing hymn number 64, Holy, Holy, Holy.
please join me in this morning's call to worship. Give thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to the Lord. Let the faithful sing of the Lord's awesome power. Give thanks to the Lord. And now please join me in our unison opening prayer. Great I am, you come to us in unexpected ways. Excite our curiosity that we might turn aside and realize we are standing on holy ground. Appear to us in fire and wonder that we might see worlds beyond the reaches of our imaginations. Reveal the glory of your kingdom where love is genuine, where evil is forsaken, where mutual affection abides and hospitality is shown to strangers where all are made one. Amen. May the peace of Christ, the peace of the Lord be with you. The Prince of Peace leads us into life. With this hope and this promise, turn to one another and pass the peace of Christ. They don't have any goodies today. <laughs> oh, this is me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm ready. What? Okay, all right. I kind of miss, yay, God, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's very nice hugging everybody, but yeah. You know, there are some good things that came out of that whole COVID thing. Um, I, my friends, as our lives have encountered difficulties and concerns, so too are we blessed with great joys. We celebrate these moments of happiness and wonder with each other, lifting up our joys and celebrations in this congregation this morning, but also lifting up our concerns and our requests for prayer. Who would like to go first? I'm going to go first because I have the microphone. Um, those of you that know uh, the McGuire family, Mallory, Chris, Jennifer, and Cooper, um, Chris's father had a farming accident on Friday, and he is in the ICU. He has a piece of wire lodged in his lung. Um, and so he could use a lot of prayers. Um, Jenna could also use some extra prayers. She starts 
college on Tuesday, and so um, we went over and got her and took her home so she can be with family, um, and I asked Mallory for an update this morning, and they're still having, he's still in ICU, they're still um, hoping that the wire doesn't move, and he has some other things associated with this accident, um, so if you could keep Jerry in your prayers, um, it would be much appreciated by all of the McGuire family. Who's next? and my wife have been married 63 years. I have a joy. Um, 33 years ago, my son-in-law had a heart transplant in Milwaukee at the age of 37. My daughter was told at the time he would maybe have 10 years Tomorrow he will celebrate his 70th birthday. And they were told last year when he went for his checkup, he's the second longest living transplant patient in the state of Wisconsin. So I'm just so happy for them. Well, I have a, several joys, and, and one of those joys is a concern. Out there on top of the bench is a brown shopping bag full of peppers. Please take some. I don't want to work them all up. And also there are uh, tomatoes. The yellow ones are low acid. And I have a, another joy in that I just love the way Nancy and Susan work so hard to help Pastor Barb present her fellowship after worship. I've had a summer with a lot of different activities. Um, many of them were just wonderful activities. Um, I accomplished a lot, and the last thing that was the most amazing was I attended my great-nephew's wedding in western Montana. And I just have to share this with you. I had a second-floor room um, in the hotel, and it I had a balcony, and it overlooked a fountain and a petting zoo, and then in the back was a... And then beyond that, the gorgeous, gorgeous mountains. And it's, you know, the wonder of, and the beauty of God's creation. Um, it was amazing. I have, a, <coughs> I have a joy this morning as well. Yesterday, there was eight of us left from my graduating class. We've been getting together that Saturday at Labor Weekend for the last several years. So it's our 68th year after graduating. And there's eight of us still there, most of us in pretty good mental capacity. <laughs> and also, for the most part, physical. So it was kind of fun getting together, and we had some old stories again and whatnot. But uh, that was a joy, and, and Leanne was able to go with us and do that. 
pray. Lord, bless all those whom we have named before you in our hearts and with our voices. Touch each life with blessings and peace and mercy. Give us strength and empower us for the ministries of reconciliation. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. He's got it. Ah, ah. That's the beginning. Amen. All right. Next we have the reading of the scriptures. I think that's uh, Debbie. Is somebody doing it? <laughs> There's a couple names in here, but don't worry about it. Just skip over them. Oh, special meet of course.
Our scripture reading today is from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of a fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because they're slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that, you, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to, to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you, sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. You know, I, I was called to come to this church because you were in need of a pastor. And unlike the um, other churches, the Methodist Church, the United Methodist Church, appoints a pastor. Other churches use what they call the call method. And I am now preaching on Sundays at three different churches because their call method isn't working. <laughs> um, in fact, I, when I was doing this, I, you know, I've been a Presbyterian. 
I've been a Baptist, and I've been, oh, I've been a Methodist. Yeah, United Methodist. Okay. Well, I just wanted to tell you a little story. There's this little story about a parish selection committee. See, and that's what you all could have been, you know. And they were having such difficulty making the decision about who to hire, who they wanted to invest their time in. And um, so um, one of the people on the committee um, was very frustrated by this because they had just gone through so much. And um, so she brought a letter and she said, here's a letter for us. This is the last one I got. And it says, to the parish selection group, it is my understanding that you have a vacancy and I would like to apply for the position. I can't say that I preach too well. In fact, I tend to stutter when I speak. But I do have a lot of different experiences I could share with you since I'm over 75 years old. I have only just recently had an encounter with God, and despite my initial resistance to the idea, I heard a voice which told me personally that I was the one to do ministry for you. One never knows when God will appear right before your very eyes. And as far as people skills go, <laughs> I do tend to lose my temper every once in a while. And I also tend to want things done my way. And I can even get violent if things aren't taken care of right away. And once I even killed somebody. But since I know you are gracious people, I know you will believe me when I say that all is behind me now. I intend on showing up at your church next week and lead you into a brighter future. Although I was reluctant at first to work with you, I still feel called to be with you nonetheless. Well, you can imagine the look on the group's face. I mean, they were like, and so the person brought the letter and said, well, what do you think? Can this person be our leader? Well, the rest of the group was just aghast. They said, how? How can an old, arrogant, temperamental, obviously neurotic ex-murderer be our leader? I mean, were you crazy for bringing this letter to us? And by the way, who is this person? And the woman looked up very patiently, and she said, it's signed Moses. <laughs> you see, to tell the truth, I don't know if this committee member fabricated this letter or not. I, it would be a great way to move people off their spot, you know. Um, but um, God's qualifications are different than ours. God, um, he's not as strict as we are. Uh, but I will admit, Moses sure didn't sound like a likely candidate. I, I don't know if I could have said, oh, yeah, bring him on in here. I want that neurotic, old, temperamental, angry killer in my church. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but see, the thing is, God knows what we're capable of, not what we think we're capable of or not what others think we're capable of. See, and it doesn't really matter other than what the person decides to answer that call. Uh, have, have you ever thought about that maybe God was calling you? I mean, you know, every month I receive copies of your newsletter and, and I read that Pastor Tammy is asking for you to step up and join one of the church committees. So I guess in some ways we're like Moses, aren't we? People are asking, God is asking. 
So I thought, what could we learn from Moses' ministry that might help us discern if maybe God is calling us? And I say this because at the end of September, I am going to retire for the second time. <laughs> I work for Lutheran Church. I don't preach there. I just work for them. And so this is now, so now I got all this experience, right? But I'm really going to, I'm really going to try to retire. I think I said that after four months here. I said, I was right, retired. I'm done, right? Yeah, doesn't work that way. So you see, Moses' story consisted of six steps. So I just want to go over them quickly with you because you never know. I mean, my husband's waiting for the other shoe to drop. He said, if you come back and telling me you found another church to serve. I said, I love my little camper. I love it. <laughs> but anyhow, um, you see, God called Moses. Why, Moses was just doing his normal stuff, right? He was just taking care of the sheep. He wasn't doing anything spectacular. He wasn't like a big CEO or executive. He was just a guy hanging out with the sheep. And he wasn't looking for an encounter with God. I can guarantee that. He didn't want a mountain experience. I can guarantee that. He wasn't doing anything special. So I guess you could say, yeah, we'd all like a call story like Paul, you know, get knocked off the horse and get blinded. And they'd say, yeah, I got a job for you. No, Moses was just hanging out with his sheep, you know. And then there was this burning bush. Well, you see, with Moses' call story, God wanted Moses to be there at that moment. And so God made it the right place at the right time. Now, God's presence arose out of Moses' mundane world. Does anybody here have a mundane world? I mean, I have a great world, but it, there are mundane moments, you know. And so God had to get his attention. So what did he do? He got a burning bush that didn't burn up. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that? No. But that was the way God got Moses to turn and look at it. So I guess the first thing you have to do is say, has God been trying to get my attention? I don't know. Um, but I can guarantee you that when it happens, just like it happened when I got that call to come here, it caught me completely off guard. And I can only speak from my experience of even being a pastor that it caught me completely off guard. <laughs> I mean, I, I, had, I had just moved. I just had a baby. In fact, I moved three times. And then I had a baby, and I was finishing a PhD, and I was sitting in my basement at night writing my dissertation, and all of a sudden, I get this call to become a pastor, and that means going back to school with blue books. And I was going to have to take exams again. And I was like, uh-uh-uh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And I said that all the way to seminary. All the way there. I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. But one thing was certain is God felt I had the gifts to do this, and so I did it. And no, I don't know what your gifts are. You might be called to be a caregiver, a greeter, to welcome newcomers, to even serve on a committee. But the question remains is not, am I calling you, but is God calling you? Is it possible that God is trying to get your attention? So now that brings us to step two. And I want you to think of it this way. When God calls someone, be it Moses or me or you, God is really saying, I want to establish a relationship with you. 
I want to be in relationship with you. Now, we can all say we've been in relationship. We come here on Sunday, right? But this is much different because God said to Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will help you. I will walk with you. I want to know you personally. And that's pretty much the same for us. I mean, look at all the great people God gave me when I accepted this position. And I keep coming back because you're so great. Now, you might say, you know, I'm in a relationship with God and I haven't seen any burning bush. What if Pastor Tammy is your burning bush? Step three. When God calls us, it's for a definite purpose. God always has a specific plan in mind. It doesn't mean you're going to stay with that plan. It doesn't mean you're going to maybe stop, that you might fail at that plan. But God has a specific plan for you. And there's definitely opportunities at this church to do that, to serve God. Which brings us to number four. When God calls us, it's typical for us to object. <laughs> no, you wouldn't object. Only I object. No. You see, what you have to think about is that Moses was the master objector. He could object to anything. Well, it didn't work for Moses, so why do you think God's going to be easier on you? You see, when God calls us, God wants the final answer to be yes, even if it's just to try it out. Just yes. Yes. I need that baby. Yes. You know, um, probably in a few months the baby will just say no, 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 which is why I'm giving this sermon now. I don't want to give it later when the baby goes, no, no, no. But, you know, and, and God never says things are easy. But God does say, I will always be with you in spirit. And that's what you have to remember. God will always be with us in spirit. Which then brings us to step six, the final step. When God calls us, we are generally given a sign. Now, that sign could have been Pastor Tammy's request to set up, get on a committee for even a little bit. Or maybe the sign is all the wonderful things this church does. It's amazing. And, and, the, and it's so amazing when you, I, I just went to the, um, uh, the stewardship conference. And I was there, and these people were just saying, oh, I can't, we can't do anything, we can't do anything, we don't get volunteers, and we can't do anything, and we can't get on. And I just felt like saying, I have a church you can go to. <laughs> In fact, I told them they were not advertising the way you all have used the foundation grants. And I said, you know, they said, if we only had money, we'd like to do this. Well, write a grant, give money. So anyhow, it was maybe, maybe that's the sign that other people hear what you're doing and want to copy it, or, uh, or maybe the sign is that I'm back again. I said no the first time I was asked, but I've never said no since because I care about you so much because you're wonderful people. And my friends, you got to remember, we're never too old 
We're never too tired. We're never too sick. We're never too busy. We're never overly experienced. You know, I've done that already. I've been around all my time. I'm done. I'm so experienced. I don't need you guys. No. The only answer God's going to tell is yes. That's the answer God wants. And I just want to end the sermon with one, one thing. I don't know. There was a play on Broadway called Rent. And it had a beautiful song called Seasons of Love. And if you can, if you have one of those Alexa things, ask her to play Seasons of Love for you. And because one part of the song asks, it says 525,600 minutes, 525,600 moments. So dear, how do you measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee, in inches, in miles, in laughter, in strife, in 525,600 minutes, how do you measure a year in life? Well, my friends, I really believe this, that if there are 5,000, what did I say, 525,600 minutes in a year, surely, you can let God have a little of that, can't you? Because God's waiting for you. And if I could, I would have a burning bush up on this altar right now. But I can't do that. So just know that, uh, um, think about it. Think about it. And then pray. Because God wants to be in a relationship with you even more than you think you are now. Amen. <clears throat> now we're going to sing hymn uh, 383, This is the Day of New Beginnings. How appropriate. Loving God, Holy Spirit, we long for a higher calling. 
when we would rather tend our flocks in peace than confront the powers of this age, open our hearts to your guidance and direction. When we would rather keep silent than face the suffering of others, open our mouths to speak your truth. And set our minds on your kingdom through Christ our Lord, amen. The great I am invites us to turn aside and boldly embrace paths that lead to life. Turn and receive blessing upon blessing. And now, my friends, not because we have to, but because we are grateful, let us return to God what is ours to share. Let us joyfully offer our time, our treasures, and our commitments and our prayers. Please stand and sing hymn 95. The offering prayer, but thank you very much. See, this is a cooperative service. It has to be because that's the only way we can get all through it. Right? So the offering prayer. 
God of new beginnings, receive the gifts of our hands that hospitality might be extended to those in need. Bless today's offering that the hungry may be fed, the thirsty may be satisfied. May these gifts seal our commitment to do what is just and honorable in your sight. Amen. And now it is time for the invitation. All who are hunger for love, come to the bread of life. All who thirst for the cup of blessing, come to the table of grace. All who need mercy and grace, come to the Lamb of God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and with all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up, he took the bread. He gave thanks to you and he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. And once again, he gave thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out on your Holy Spirit, on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them for us be the body and blood of Christ and we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquets. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father now and forever. Amen. 
And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The table of the Lord awaits you. Jan, would you like to come on up?
Now please join us in singing hymn 2130, the summons. others, hold fast to what is good, honor what is just, and show mutual affection for all. And remember, that burning bush is right there. I know it is. You just got to figure out what your burning bush looks like. So go with blessings of the Almighty. Amen. <laughs>